This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now tuned in to the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast, where we discuss living for the kingdom of God while living in the culture. I'm your host, Charlotte Walker. I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner, wife, daughter, sister, auntie, and friend. And I am on the journey of producing and fulfilling every purpose that God saw for me before the beginning of time. And I want you on this journey with me. Each week, we are going to discuss how to apply God's word to our everyday lives. Get ready for some word, some gems, and a few laughs along the way. Now let's start the show. Hey guys, and welcome to the bonus episode this week for the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast. Happy Resurrection Sunday. I pray that you all really just take the opportunity to sit back and thank God for the work that he did for us 2,000 years ago when he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. I love Resurrection Sunday because of what it means, because it shows how good of a father God is that 2,000 years ago, he had already had a plan for my life. And so it just humbles me to be able to be his daughter, to be able to serve him, um, and just to have the opportunity to love him, to be in relationship with him. And so I pray that today has been um, an opportunity for you to reflect, right? Let's not get caught up in the commercialized version of this holiday with the eggs and all of that. Like that's cool or whatever. Um, Not biblical, but if that's what you want to (laughs) do. But I really think that We need to make sure that we're staying true to the heart of what today is about. And I want to just encourage you all to really just take the opportunity to sit back and to digest what God did for us on, um, you know, on Calvary, what Jesus did for us on Calvary and how he came so that we could be free. Um, I also am just super excited to share this episode because this was one of my first episodes um, that I recorded. This is episode 13. So I was like a couple months into this whole podcasting thing. And even in editing the um, show this week for the bonus episode, I could hear just the newness in my voice. Um, I was like, okay, God, I'm gonna be out here doing it. Um, And I was excited about God's word. But I can tell now that there's a different level of authority that I have when I get on this podcast. And so I just want to encourage you that if God is calling you to do something new, if he's stretching you and growing you, girl, stick with it because my mind has been 
blown. Okay. Like there are things that God has called me to do spaces that he's allowed me to be in on this ride of this podcast over the last, you know, 15 months or so. And I'm just so grateful that he saw me fit to get on here and speak his word. I'm so grateful that he continues to use me. I'm so grateful that he's continued to embolden me, um, in the things regarding him. So Y'all, this episode is thebomb.com, okay? Like, tell me what y'all think. Let me know what y'all learn. Um, Hit me up because I love the word of God because it is timeless, right? Like, whatever, um, you know, it's a year old episode, but I guarantee you that there'll still be some revelation and some gems that you pick up. And that's just the way that God is. Amen. So without further ado, we're going to hop into our sponsor for this bonus episode, and then we're going to get right to business. This episode of the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast is brought to you by the Producer Society. The Producer Society is an online membership group for women looking to draw closer to God, to develop godly community, and to produce everything that God has called her to. Members of the Producer Society receive early access to the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast episodes, monthly Bible studies, exclusive online events, and so much more. If you are ready to get connected with other women who are chasing after God, and wanting to produce his purpose in their lives, then this community is for you. Visit www.producersociety.com to start your free 30-day trial today. Now let's get back to the show. God is doing new things in this season and everything is not what it seems. And we are literally in resurrection season. And I feel like a lot of times when we talk about Jesus going to the cross to die for us, people are like, oh yeah, Jesus went to the cross and he died for our sins. But I feel like that only describes what happened on the cross and does not talk about the significance of the resurrection and resurrection is so important um easter is not sunday easter is easter is a holiday that men you know we made that up um rabbits have nothing to do with the lord jesus um but resurrection sunday is something that is so it's like one it is one of my favorite holidays (laughs) like one of my favorite holidays like I think it is my favorite holiday. Like, everybody's like, oh, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Like, Christmas is legit. You know, Jesus was born. We celebrate the birth of Jesus. So great. But to me, Resurrection Sunday just reminds me of that personal connection, reminds me to be grateful to have a Savior. Like, to me, like, Resurrection Sunday is everything. I love Resurrection Sunday. And right now, we are in Resurrection season. And I've seen a lot of posts on Facebook, Instagram, um, all those different kind of things where people are like, let's go back to uh, 2019 because 2020 is ghetto. Um, and, it, you know, at first I was, you know, I was giggling, um, but I have no desire to go back. I have no desire to go back into, um, you know, the and remove myself from the lessons that I've learned. I've learned so many things from God last year that I'm not 
willing to give that up because I'm uncomfortable in the season. And so I just really want to challenge you guys to keep the right attitude and, and not to feel discouraged because everything that's happening in the world is not what it seems. And God is really moving in this season. This is resurrection season. And I know I keep saying that, but it is, it just, my spirit is so on fire about it. Just, it is resurrection season. And I think in order to understand why I'm so turned about it, you have to understand what resurrection is. So a lot of times when we think about resurrection, we simply think about, okay, you know, Jesus died, tomb, three days, it was full, now, you know, now it's empty, and hallelujah, we won the victory, death can I hold you down, right? So, um, but when you, when you actually study the word resurrection, the definition that I got from it was the revitalization or revival of something. And so to get even deeper, I looked up the definition of revival. And so we hear about revivals in churches, you know, so we can revival, or we can revival. But I think that sometimes we take these things um, too lightly and we don't really um, understand what's supposed to be taking place. And so there's three definitions of revival that I want to share with you guys that really, really blessed me. So the first one, a revival is a renewed attention or interest in something. It is a new presentation or publication of something old. And it is the restoration of force, validity, and effect. So to me, I think that in this season, while everybody feels like, oh man, I don't have this I don't have that. God is call, calling us to be resurrected, resurrect our relationship with him, resurrect our purpose, resurrect the things that he's called us to um, and to become on fire for him again. He wants us to be renewed and have a renewed attention or interest in him. He wants us to, um, you know, he wants to present things to us that we may have thought were old concepts. He wants to give us a new presentation of those things. He wants to restore our relationship with him. He wants us to be valid in him. He wants us to be more effective in the body of Christ and we can't do that without a revival and without a resurrection and the reason we need a resurrection is because a lot of us are walking around here spiritually dead right and it's not anything that's simply a fault of your own but this is just a part of the curse and I don't feel like we talk about that enough and so we are going to take a quick commercial break I want y'all to sit on that, get stirred up, get ready, get your pens and your papers. And when we get back, we are going to talk a little bit about the curse and how everything just wasn't what it seemed. Hey sis, are you enjoying this week's show? I pray that you are. Make sure that you connect with us and you keep the conversation going. Follow us over on Instagram at God Goals and Girl Talk. Make sure that you subscribe to the show, you rate the podcast, and you leave us a review. And don't forget to share the show with your friends, your coworkers, your mom and them, all the people. Okay? Okay. Now let's get back to the show. All right, y'all. So we are back. So we talked about how we are walking around here, some of us believers, but still spiritually dead or claiming to be believers and spiritually dead because we are not truly walking in everything that God has called us to be. We have not turned and repented for our sins. You can 
Uh, you, you can really be tripped up if you are out here thinking like, oh, God knows my heart. That gets on my nerves a lot. Um, God, God knows my heart. Yeah, he knows it and he knows that it's wicked. And so you need to repent. Um, you need to be an active participant in, um, in your, you know, an active participant in your walk with God. Like Jesus is not just down here, you know, him simply dying for our sins if that were the end of the story, then the rest wouldn't have happened. Something critical happened um, with the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I think that it, you know, it's more than, oh, Jesus died for my sins. Like, nah, Jesus is the plug. Like, he did more than died for our sins. He, he, he reversed the curse, right? And so, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to share with you guys, um, from Genesis 3, 17 through 19. And we're going to talk about the curse. So we're going to go back to the garden with Adam and Eve, where it all happened, the serpent, all of that, right? So it is very clear that when the devil came in and used his games to deceive Eve and she sinned and Adam sinned, that we were separated from God. Right. So before then, um, you know, we knew no shame. We knew no sin. The you know, the earth was just whole and perfect and everything that God intended for it to be. Right. He, you know, walked with Adam in the garden daily. He spent time with them. He wanted an int- he wanted an intimate relationship with Adam and Eve. He knew them. They had no shame. They walked around naked. Everything was all good in the hood. Right. But then sin came in. And because God is so graceful, I think that a lot of times um, people say, you know, when Jesus came, we were under grace and no longer under the law, which is true. But God has been graceful the whole time. And there are instances where you see like God is just there are consequences for your actions. But even in the Old Testament, I have seen God's grace um, take place in several different situations, including this one, the Bible tells us that the wages of sin are, um, are death. And so before, um, Adam and Eve sinned, there, there was no death. Like that was never God's intention for us. That wasn't the design that he had for us. Um, but when the, when the deception came in, there was damage done to the design. So have you ever like, tried to cook a meal, right? And then you have a Pinterest fail and that's not the design of it, but something went wrong and now you have what you have. And so because God is a just God, there was judgment passed and it was a a spiritual death. And then you see that, you know, now there's also physical death and this is a part of the curse. This is a part of the judgment because Adam and Eve sinned and because we're a part of their lineage, right? Adam is everybody's great, 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 right? So we're all a part of Adam's lineage. And because of that, we are also impacted by this generational curse. 
right? And so this is not something that we are exempt from. And so in my notes, I have that there was damage done to the design. The deception of the enemy in the garden distorted the relationship between God and man. Notice that God passed judgment onto Adam, Eve, and the serpent. So just because um, you can't say, well, oh, you know, my boyfriend had me out here doing blah, 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 blah. You are still responsible. Everybody was held accountable. Yeah, the serpent lied. Yeah, the serpent played games. But God gave Eve a set of instructions and furthermore gave Adam a set of instructions. Because when he came through that garden, and these are for all those people that are married, want to be married, in relationships. And this has nothing to do with this. But it is just something that I feel like dropped in my spirit. The serpent came for Eve because Adam was out of position. Like, with my husband, like, that serpent would not have been talking to me. <laughs> nah, nah, bruh. <laughs> we good over here. Right? So, where where was Adam? And when God, when it happens and they eat of the fruit, Eve eats it, then convinces her husband to eat it. So, once again, he's not in his role of being the head or being leadership. Then, homeboy, when God comes looking for them, he does not say, Eve, where are you? Adam, where are you? He comes looking for the head. So if you are in a relationship with somebody who cannot lead you, or if you think that you want to be married, but you feel like, oh, my husband can't tell me nothing. That is literally their job. You better learn how to, you better learn how, you better learn submission, sis. Get under the mission. (laughs) You better learn submission because Adam was out of position. And... Eve was also out of position. And because there was a division in the design, deception came in, and here we are. And so it is just really important to understand that just because you felt like you were tricked into something, um, that's just like if you watch the first 48, right? That's one of my, that's, I just love the first 48. But if you watch the first 48, you see these people like, oh, you know, I was there, but I didn't shoot the gun. All y'all going to jail for first degree murder. Y'all can figure it out with the jury. Every like everybody is involved. Everybody gets a judgment passed, right? So while God forgives us and graces us because he could have killed Adam and Eve dead and just been done with it and made some whole new creatures. He's God. But his grace. So while God forgives us and graces us, the forgiveness does not come void of consequences so you can be forgiven for something but there are still consequences god can extend you his grace but there are still consequences you can have premarital sex and god will forgive you if you repent that means turn away from him do not be going to that that man's bed every night says that you ain't married to talking about oh god gonna forgive me you playing yourself that is not repentance repent means to literally means to turn away from it so if you're still doing it, okay, all right. But let's say you have you have um, premarital sex or unprotected sex and you get pregnant, right? You may not ever do that again. You repent, God, I'm, you know, I'll never have um, sex outside of marriage again. However, sis, the baby stays. The, ba- the consequence is still there. The baby is still there. You see it with Abraham and Sarah. Like... She was like, oh, go sleep with my, go go sleep with Hagar, have this baby. And 
God forgave them for that, but at, uh, Abraham still had to deal with Hagar and Ishmael. <laughs> like, they didn't just poof be gone. Like, the consequences are still yours to deal with. And God will help you through that. But a lot of times we put ourselves in situations that God never intended us for, for us to be in, i.e. even the garden. So now we're living this life that God never intended for us to live, but we are where we are and God is still good and is still gracing us. And through all of this, sent his son to come and save us. And so the disobedience in the garden removed that divine level of protection that Adam and Eve had before. Um, Now they're subject to thorns and that is evident in um genesis 3 17 and 9 where jesus passes down judgment and so in verse 17 and i'm reading from the new living translation it says and to the man he said since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit i commanded you not to eat the ground is cursed because of you all of your life you will struggle to to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow, you will you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and dust into dust you will return. Oh wow. Okay. So if you If you are reading that, it is very clear that there is a curse, that we're going to have thorns, that we are going to have to work hard, that things that were supposed to be um, easy and that the level of provision that we have, we've disqualified ourselves from that for because of the disobedience. And so I had to really look up um, what a thorn was because I don't it was something that my pastor had talked about at church and I was reading this again and I'm like let me look this up <laughs> right this is the second time so a thorn is defined as a sharp or rigid process something that causes distress or irritation the the curse was death and sin so now like you want to eat from the tree of knowledge you want to know so much now you're going to know death now you're going to know sin. So a lot of times, um, you know, a lot of times, especially in times like this, you hear like, well, if God is so great, why do bad things happen? If God is so great, why is there COVID-19? If God is so great, why this and that? That was not his design, boo-boo. You better holler at Adam and Eve. <laughs> That's why. Because we are in a fallen world. That is why there's things. It doesn't make God any less great. But he's just and he's just that's like if your kid did something or and you put them on punishment or you gave them a judgment, you passed the judgment just because they seem to be uncomfortable. The judgment still stands. The judgment still stands. And so God is so great that he sent his son to come and reverse the curse. So now we have a new opportunity. And so when I was thinking about the resurrection and thinking about everything not being as it seemed, I had to really put myself in the position of um, one of Jesus's 
followers at the time of Jesus, right? Like we rocking with Jesus. It's been, you know, the best two and a half to three years of my life. And now he's telling me he's about to die. What? <laughs> no, nah, you performed miracles. You walked on water. You did the thing with the fish and the loaves. Like you fed all of us. Like you've done so many things. You raised Lazarus from the dead. Like you can't die. But that was a part of the plan and that was a part of his purpose. And so when Jesus was being beaten and spat on and yelled at and he hung on the cross, I just had to imagine like how did those people feel at the time watching this? Like just imagine the level of sadness and confusion and anger and hopelessness for them to watch the person that they knew as the Messiah, their Lord, their physical, like their hope in the physical, in the flesh, to watch him physically die right before your eyes. The level of just kind of grief, like I was like, dang, like, dang, <laughs> to watch that happen. Just to feel the level of hopelessness that they must have felt because they they watched him die. It was over. They lost. But we have to we have to ask ourselves, like, where is our hope gone to? Because now we know we get the privilege of knowing the end of the game. Not that it's a game, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we know that in the end, we win. Jesus wins. We have that privilege. We are privy to that information. But these people at the time had no idea. There wasn't no Bible. They were living. They were living this. Yeah, he said he was going to rise in three days. That was probably the longest three days of their life. They didn't have the manuscript. They didn't have the end of the story already printed for them, even though half of us won't sit down long enough to read it. They didn't have access to that. So they're just watching their hope die. Uncertain of the future. And I feel like a lot of people are in this position now where they feel like, you know, their hope is dead and they're uncertain as to what's going on. And I just want to ask and challenge y'all like where did your hope go because if you're feeling hopeless it may not be a matter of you losing your hope but your hope has been placed in something there where it didn't belong so if you're putting your hope into relationships, into people, into opportunities, into success, into money, into business, into all of these things that are worth nothing when we get to heaven, then you didn't lose your hope, sis. You misplaced it. Like you put it somewhere else. Because Jesus has never left us. He never left us. Those people, those disciples, those people that were living in that time, they they probably were shook because it seemed like he had left. We get the privilege of knowing that he'll never leave us or forsake us. He hasn't forsaken us. But to them, that's exactly what it looked like. So I challenge you just to put your hope back in Jesus. 
Like repent for putting your hope in the wrong place and put your hope back in Jesus. All of those things are fallible. They are not worthy. Like you got to check his resume. Like this is the perfect time for you to sit back and record all of the things that God has already brought you through. God has brought me too much not to trust him. Like he has been good. He has been keeping me. He has been keeping my family. When my dad was knocking on death's door and he was sitting there praying and I'm praying and working to help save, like to help save his life. And now I can call my dad. Don't even get me like, don't even get me started. I'm about to start shouting. Like, are you serious? Babies that I've taken care of in the NICU that we've called their parents to tell them, this is it. You need to get up here. And by nothing that we did, I believe in medicine, but I believe in God more than I believe in medicine. I have coded babies for 45 minutes at a time, and then we take hands off. They're getting ready to call the code, and then we get a heartbeat, and they don't know that I'm sitting over here praying on behalf of this baby. I have literally seen <laughs> babies resurrected. God is so good, has always been good. He has been keeping you. Everything is not what it seems. The onlookers and followers of Christ looked like and seemed like they had lost everything, but it wasn't what it seemed like because Jesus was really winning, revitalizing, and restoring, doing work while they slumbered, while they slept, Jesus was putting in work. He never sleeps or slumbers, always on time. And so I feel like it is just so important to assess like, have you lost your hope or did you have it in the wrong place? Because you'll sit there and holler about how you lost your keys and really you put them somewhere they didn't belong. Where is your hope gone? You need to find it. Put it back in Jesus. Repent and tell God that you're sorry. And then don't let it happen again. <laughs> don't let it happen again. Repent. Turn away from that. I was, this, this was me. I put my hope in success and what my idea of success was, God had to check my heart. Running myself into the ground, God had to check my heart. Who are you really doing this for? Are you doing this for you or are you doing this for me? You, you say you're doing it for me, but this ain't even what I asked you to do. You have to be very careful as to where you place things in the value that you place in things. And so we're going to take another break. I'm going to let you digest that. And we're going to come back and wrap up the show. This episode of the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast is brought to you by the Check God's Resume Journal. Are you struggling with your waiting season? Do you feel like God has forgotten about you? Sis, it's time for you to check God's resume. 
This dynamic journal will walk you through building God's resume in your own life. Take the time to recall the goodness and the miracles that he's performed in your lifetime. The journal has journaling prompts, a place for sermon notes, and so much more. This is a great tool just to remind you of God's goodness in your life and an even better tool to be passed down to your children's children as they'll be able to recount your experiences with God. So get ready to recall all of the miracles that God has performed for you. I promise you when you check his resume, he is undefeated. Click the link in the show notes to get your copy today. Now let's get back to the show. All right, guys, so we are back. And so in my studies, I was led to 1 Corinthians 15. I encourage you to read all of 1 Corinthians 15 because it snatched my life, but gave me a very new perspective on the resurrection. And so I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation again, and I'm starting at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17. And it says, and this is Paul talking, and if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first harvest. Then all those who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. Man, look. Jesus came and people talk about like, like he came and wrote the check. He was like, how much? He took stripes so we didn't have to. Like the wages of sin are death. And everybody is very hung up, no pun intended, on the physical death of Jesus. But there are two types of death that I've found in my studies. There is a physical death and a spiritual death. So when Jesus is on the cross and he asks God, why is he forsaken me? It is because God, like he felt that spiritual separation. Jesus paid the price of a spiritual death and a physical death on our behalf so that we would then have the, the ability to have a relationship with God because of him. And we don't take advantage of that. So when I think about the resurrection, I've come to understand that it just means more than Jesus dying for our sins. But it describes that, you know, through him dying and, you know, taking the stripes and being hung and being crucified and being in the tomb and then rising after three days. It shows the actions that he took to revitalize and to resurrect our relationship with God. He restored and re- uh, represented us to God. So that though the situation seemed hopeless. God was working it out on her behalf. And now 
when I come to God, he doesn't see me in my sinful nature and in this flesh. He sees the blood of Jesus. The resurrection is the reason why we are able to have a relationship with God. Not just his death, but the resurrection revitalized, restored, represented us to Christ, to God through Jesus Christ. So now he don't see Sharla who be out here, you know, cutting up. Not anymore. I've grown. But I used to be out here cutting up, cussing people out. Um, definitely had sex before I was married to my husband. And just cutting up. Sorry, Dad, if you ever listen to this. <laughs> Definitely was cutting up. Like, and now, you know, when I when I go to God, he does not see all the sin that I've committed, but sees the blood of Jesus because Jesus did the work through the resurrection to represent me to God. Even though I'd be raggedy in these streets. <laughs> okay? So the resurrection means so much more. Resurrection Sunday means so much more to me because without it, I would not be able to talk to my father. Like without it, without the resurrection, there is no relationship. We just out here. That is so powerful to me and the people that were following Christ had to be devastated. But then imagine the level. Like, imagine, man, look. Imagine the level of renewed and revitalized faith when they saw God again. When they saw Jesus again. When he really popped up and was like, I'm out here. Like, <laughs> I'm hungry, I think was one of the first things he said. Imagine their level of faith. And so the resurrection provided us that new life, right? So Christ dying and being res like dying and being resurrected is more than just merely our sins being forgiven. And if you go to Second Corinthians um, chapter five verse 17 it provides us the ability for us to have a new life so when jesus represents us it's you know we are given a new life once we repent for our sins turn away from our sins and we accept jesus christ as our lord and savior we are not only represented but we are rebirthed the resurrection leads to rebirth it leads to restoration, revitalization, and it is just so amazing. And so if you go to um, 2 Corinthians 5, um, I'm going to start at verse 16. So we, have, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought that Christ was merely a human, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new one has begun. The resurrection led to my rebirth. It's the reason that I can be rebirthed into Christ. Because he rose on the third day and defeated the devil. He, he got the keys, the keys, the keys to Hades and everything else. 
And so even though we're in a situation right now where the future seems uncertain, remember that the resurrection secured our future. Like no matter what happens on this earth, like we know what our future is. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to see my granny again. Okay. Like I already know. <laughs> I know the future. I'm going to heaven. I'm a sea guy. He's going to be like, well done, my good and faithful servant. This is my daughter with whom I will please. I've already experienced this in my, in my, in my life, in my thoughts. Okay. That is my success. It ain't, it ain't got to happen here. The level of success I'm trying to reach is in heaven. I don't have to be afraid, even though I'm on the front lines uh, of this pandemic, I am wise, but I'm not afraid because I know, I know my future. My future is with Jesus. What you scared for? Okay. I think Bone Crusher said, I ain't never scared. You don't have to be. The future is secure in Christ. Jesus gives us access to the father and access to a new life. So although the world seems to be in shambles, the the reward of the resurrection is for us to rest in the fact that Jesus secured our future. And like I said, like imagine the level of like turn up. Like that's why Paul, Peter, like you couldn't tell them nothing. <laughs> because they encountered Jesus in such a way that they were renewed and restored. Even though Paul didn't walk with Jesus when he was performing all these miracles, he still encountered Jesus and it still changed his life. After the resurrection, Paul was literally, he went from Saul to Paul, got a new name, a new life, a new job, wrote a third of the New Testament. Like, it is evident. So just imagine the um, amount of renewed like revitalization and newness and the hope that the disciples had when Jesus appeared to them that is the same type of hope security the same level of turn up keep that same energy because we have that ability we have that access don't be out here feeling hopeless it's not what it seems this is the time that we need to get to work we need to get to work. You need to get back on your face, get back to spending time with God. You need to rebuild that relationship, resurrect that, blow the dust off your Bible and do whatever God has called you to do. I'm trying to die empty. Like I'm doing things like podcasting makes me uncomfortable. I don't ever listen to it back. I just like, oh, people are listening to this <laughs> because I struggle. And so in listening to it, I would just be very, very critical of myself to the point where I feel like the enemy would try to keep me from continuing to do it. God's going to ask you some things that are outside of your comfort zone and that are uncomfortable, but you need to do it because somebody else's soul is depending on it. I don't care if I bless one person through this podcast. I did it because my daddy told me to do it and I'm going to do it with fervor because he asked me to do it. So whatever idea, project, business that you've allowed to die, 
whatever assignment that you're refusing to take, it's resurrection season, sis. It's resurrection season. Get with God because that's what's most important. And then get in position. (laughs) Use this time to revitalize your relationship with God. To represent yourself with God. Resurrect that business. Resurrect that book. Resurrect your marriage. Resurrect the relationship between you and your family members. Or you and your kids. Now the stuff that didn't died that was a God ordained death. Leave it. This don't mean call your little raggedy boyfriend sis. Tell me I want to resurrect our relationship. Ah, ah, don't, don't play with me. Okay. <laughs> don't play with me. Don't play with yourself. <laughs> like don't do that. But it is so important that we we do the things that God has asked us to do um, and do it with God because we've already we've already won. And I love the song, the anthem by Todd um, by Todd Delaney. I cannot. I'm not a psalmist. It's not my spiritual gift. But y'all know the death could not hold you down. Like that is my jam. And it has been in my spirit so tough this week. Like that is my jam. And if you just get in a position of worship, get in a position of reverence, get in a position to be revitalized and on fire for God, he's going to blow your mind. This is still the year of God's favor. God still has his hand on us. Like, are you serious? Coronavirus came block my blessings do you know who who i serve his name is above coronavirus COVID 19 that rona auntie coco whatever you want to call it his name is above that and so i just really want to encourage you guys and i'm going to leave you guys with um a scripture from first corinthians 15 again we're back here because paul just really got me all the way together And we're going to start in verse 54. And it says, Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into the bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death. And the law gives sin its power. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. I don't care what the numbers say. I don't care if it's one person. Nothing you do for God is ever useless. He will use that thing for your good. Romans 8, 28. Get in. Get in your word. Do what you're supposed to. It's not what it seems. Y'all should be excited. It's resurrection season. <laughs> like, I'm turned. Okay? Like, it is resurrection season. Get in position, sis. Get off of CNN. And get in position. Because that is where you need to be. Okay? You may need to go lay down somewhere for three days. (laughs) And pull it together. That is what matters. Nothing you do for God is, is useless. Be immovable. Be immovable. 
nothing you do for God is useless. I love you guys. Please come out. Watch the movie with us. Passion of the Christ. This will be the way to. This is a way for you to feel. For you to get some resurrection in your spirit. If you've never seen it. Man it just really changed the game for me. It really did. I'm a very visual learner. And it changed the game for me. So. I hope to see your face in the place. On Friday. I will put. All of my scripture references, as always, in the show notes. The link for um, securing your spot for the movie night will be in the show notes. And um, I also have a couple extra um, scriptures for you guys in 1 Peter 3, 18 through 19 that I did not go over that I'm going to put in the show notes. But I really hope that y'all just like hear my heart and excitement and really hear God through this. Um, I don't do this for myself. I do it because that's what God tells me to do. So I love you guys. God bless you. And I will talk to you next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.